0: You are now listening to NYY Sports Talk, a New York Yankees podcast. Find this episode on iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, and SoundCloud. For live in-game Yankee updates, news, and fan giveaways, follow on Twitter at NYY Sports Talk. Now,
1: let's talk Yankees baseball with Christian and Chris.
0: Welcome back to the NYY Sports Talk podcast. This is episode sixteen. This is the inaugural edition of the New York Bummers team. Uh, we're gonna the Bronx Bummers. Oh, the Bronx Bummers. I'm sorry. I knew we had a nice little catchy name to it. So today, what we're going to be doing is Chris has been hyping this up on social media and we're going to start to narrow down the biggest bums in the history of the New York Yankees. Because it,
1: when you're in the off season and there's not much to talk about, you might as well talk about all the awful players the Yankees have had.
0: So right now we're in a we're in a little bit of a dead period because the winter meetings are in a few weeks, so we don't really have much on field to talk about, but we mm-hmm. still want to continue to produce the podcast. So we might take a few weeks off from doing bums if we have you know, on-field stuff to talk about, right? Yeah, yeah. So, but we'll get this team out probably before they. Rep- we'll be done before this team oh, hits spring training for sure. So, you know, we got a we got a slow week here. So, we figure let's start If with the first- Yankees. If the Yankees
1: signed Joe Girardi, we really wouldn't have much to talk about.
0: No, because we're gonna start with the first baseman. Uh, I guess some of yous know where some of the names were going to go. But let's just start with a disclaimer here. So we don't get tweets about Lou Gehrig's backup. You know, <laughs> Chris, I'm 34. Chris, you're 28. I'll be 29. He's going to be 29 in a few weeks. So we really, our baseball knowledge, not that we don't know history, what we've seen on the field really starts with the Tory years. I mean, I kind of remember stuff before then, but I wouldn't say I'm exactly knowledgeable about it because I was still a young kid. You know what I remember? What? Uh, I remember
1: Buck Showalter. Buck Showalter.
0: Easy for you to say.
1: uh, After the Yankees clinched a playoff berth in 95, he just sat in the dugout with his arms crossed. Didn't make any bit of emotion. Didn't show any bit of emotion. And as a little kid, I hated it. I never liked him after that. Until he started managing
0: again, in I remember team. that game that was in Toronto. Was that, it Toronto? Yeah, it was because Mattingly he either kneeled at first base or he took some dirt with him. I remember that because everybody knew that was going to be his last year, and he finally made it to the postseason after being the you know the Yankee of all those. Real- I just as a little kid, I remember Buck not moving like he couldn't
1: care less, and I hated him after that until you know. I'm older now, watching him in Baltimore is one of my favorite managers.
0: So, as I was saying, and most of our fan base fits into this time frame too. So we're just gonna limit things to the Tory Girardi years for, for 90s, the most part. For ninety six on unless somebody really stands out that that we can really remember. But like I said, it's really gonna be a slim pickings from there because You're younger than I am. You barely remember anything before 95. And I have very faint memories of things before 95. And
1: another quick disclaimer, especially when it comes to like first baseman and third baseman, some of the stats we're going to throw out there don't sound that terrible. But for a first baseman, they're awful. And it's not always just about the statistics. It's more about how we felt when these people were on this team. And we hope that you agree. It was just such an awful feeling when some of these guys were on this team.
0: All right, let's do a quick spoiler alert. Lance Berkman, we're going to talk about him, mm-hmm. right? And I think Berkman's biggest issue was that we didn't have to share anymore. Is that you? share was a very good player for us. We were going into a postseason run, and then we didn't have him. And then he replaced him with Lance Berkman. And Lance yeah. Berkman was a shell of the guy that he wasn't used to. Did so- Berkman play a little outfield for us, too? He, when we needed him, he might have been a pinch. I don't really, re- I can't really recall that. He was just—he wasn't
1: even a good defensive first baseman. He really wasn't good defensively either.
0: I just remember when it was it in the postseason when Teixeira pulled up lame, and he was out. It had to be. I think he hurt. He, he was done. He got hurt in the LCS that year. What year are we talking? This had to be two thousand ten. Yeah. And then I just knew. I was like, the Yankees are done if Lance Berkman's going to be their first baseman. If this <laughs> was in Texas. And I think he got hurt at home. You know, that series was actually pretty good. It the really, Yankees
1: could have won that
0: series. Uh, they could have won I, the pennant again. You know what? I was looking at the this, this, uh, this, this I was looking Statistics. at the results. Like, I'll, yeah, you get it out. <laughs> the Yankees really should have got probably gotten swept in that series because they had a big comeback in game yeah. one. Yeah. And then they kind of got beat up in games two and three. And then game four... No. Well, A.J. Th- got shell, And I think they fell down. Then I think they lost the next three. Then they... I don't remember. W- whatever. It's not really important. But they
1: fought, and they could have actually won the series.
0: They lo- they lost in six, but it really wasn't even that close. I just remember that that series wasn't even that close. Cause they,
1: and you know what? Texas really wasn't that much better of a team. They just outplayed the yankees
0: all right but anyway right let's let's put the bums on hold for a second because we do have some news to talk about as everybody knows the yankees are searching for a new manager right now um they have can you know i'm just like um because like i'm not really excited about anything right i don't now. think they want you to be excited
1: this is what i said
0: Eric Wedge. All right, so yeah, let's get into that. The Yankees conducted two interviews this week. Officially, they have been reported. They interviewed Robbie Thompson, which we all knew was coming, and then a surprise name, Eric Wedge. Mister Wedge, um, do you know how to
1: smile in the dugout?
0: All right, let's talk about Robbie Mr. Thompson. Mister Wedge,
1: uh, can you get along with some of the younger players, Mister Wedge? Can you listen to everything we tell you to do and just shake your head and not give us any kickback?
0: All right, so we know the Yankees want a, want a puppet manager, right? Robbie Thompson, who we've given him some crap on this show. But the more I was reading about him post-interview, post, uh, post interview, I kind of would be okay with it. The players really like him. Players like him. He's been with the organization for 28 years. He's, I mean, he's a Yankee. But do you think... That interview was a courtesy interview. Do you think they're serious about him?
1: Yes, I do. Honestly, And do you think if he doesn't get the job, he's done as a coach? Or do you think he's still...
0: I think, honestly, he's the type of guy that would... And I think he... I don't have the quotes in front of me. Uh, I'm pretty sure that he would stay on. He might have even said that he would stay on the coaching staff. Where
1: would he go? You know?
0: Where would he I really think go? One, I, honestly, I don't, I don't want to speak for you, but I think either one of us would be okay if Rob Thompson was the manager. I mean, for what th- I told you, I'm over this. Uh, you know, you're not though, because I'm gonna drop a couple names here, and then you're gonna,
1: you're gonna. I'm, a- you know, who I'm actually really on board with now. Don't say it, Jerry Harrison.
0: Oh yeah, nah. he's kind of cooled off in the past few days, though. I was not gonna say John Flaherty. No. all right. So let's let's before we we talk about candidates, let's do the guys that actually had interviews. He was getting some crap on... uh, I think it was Boomer and Carton when I was driving uh, around the other morning that he said that it was really exhausting that he had to go back to his hotel room and take a nap because the interview lasted about six hours. Who said this? Thompson. Really? Yeah. And uh, they were giving him some grief that said, how can you handle the Yankees media and blah, blah, blah and being the manager if you're tired after six
1: hours? I was like... Kind of like Torrey in his later years. He was like falling asleep in the dugout.
0: But, you know, I don't know. I Do major league uh, managerial interviews take six hours?
1: When you're interviewing for the Yankee job, I'm sure they do.
0: I mean, what's the questions that Cashman's asking? Can you nod your head and say yes? <laughs> Can you not move Aaron Judge around?
1: Can you play guys more consistently?
0: I Honestly... I, you say that, but now more and more I think about it, that might be part organizational.
1: You know what's going to be fun? Whoever the manager is in 2018, we're going to see what was Joe and what was upper management. We're going to see like if guys like Castro, if Castro's even on this team next year, if he's sitting every fourth, fifth game, we'll know it was coming from up top. If he's playing through until he truly needs a day – that was Joe's philosophy, resting these guys so much. And that kind of came out, that was part of the reason why these guys didn't take to Girardi too much. They didn't want to be sitting as much as they were.
0: Oh, I should say that it wasn't Boomer and Carton show because Carton is currently under federal investigation for running a Ponzi scheme. Which
1: we're not <laughs> going to get into, but there's a lot of stuff coming out now that he might not be guilty.
0: So, he's not on the show anymore. It's just Boomer <laughs> and whoever they find That it's been Recco for a while. I, Phil Sims did a couple shows with him. He's the worst. That's why he got replaced by Tony Romo. <laughs> I actually like Chris Sims, but all right. So that's Rob Thompson, the other guy they interviewed this week, which we heard nothing about, and then all of a sudden we were just like, "What?" Eric Wedge, yeah, two-time former manager. Uh, he managed the Indians. He won manager of the year in two thousand seven, and then he went on to the Mariners, which he. The Mariners or the Mariners? So. He wasn't
1: even in anything that I read as like a potential candidate. No,
0: and he just came out of nowhere. Uh, his highlight was making it to the ALCS in two thousand seven, but they blew a three one lead to Boston in that series. So one of the other epic fails. So I mean, do you want to put that on the manager?
1: Listen, man, I think the way baseball is managed.
0: But this was now also ten years ago, to- So
1: compared to two thousand seven is completely different. I I don't think it's just the Yankees organization that, that operates this way. I anymore.
0: mean are you gonna be excited if they hire a guy with a career four seventy eight winning percentage as a manager? I'm gonna be indifferent no matter what. No, I don't want to be indifferent. This You're going is gonna this man is the manager of New York Yankees. I don't wanna it's not like I've want chicken or steak for dinner and my wife cooks either one and I'm like, okay, I'm fine with any I don't want to feel like that.
1: Wanna well, know why? Aaron Boone can't be the manager because I can't stand listening to him. And then my father-in-law
0: said to me, well, don't watch the post game.
1: You have to watch the post game. You watch the whole game. You got to watch the post game.
0: Especially after a tough loss. And he takes, like, let's say he takes Tanaka out after six and two thirds. Well, why'd you take Tanaka out after six and two thirds? You want to know the answers to that.
1: Which Boone probably won't have the answer because... He doesn't know what the hell he's talking about when he does the ESPN broadcast.
0: All right, so let's talk about that. Aaron Boone has officially been named the candidate as the Yankees manager. Why? Oh. What, what, what qualifications does Do he have? Do you want to know what he brought to baseball? The home One run, thing. The home run in 2003? Actually, and then he also blew out his knee playing pickup basketball in, in, in k a right? Yeah, it's great.
1: It's really great.
0: Somebody was... I forget what I was watching the other day. They said, imagine if he brings Jessica Mendoza in to be his bench coach. <laughs> oh, man. So... John Flaherty's throwing his name in the ring, said that he had his agent call Cashman, said that he's interested. And then it was like
1: Cone kind of piggybacked on it. And he was like, yeah, I'd do it too. But I don't what, think the Yankees are... I think Cone he's just kind of stirring up news on his own. I don't know. Nothing's been confirmed that the Yankees would have any interest in David Here's my
0: problem with Flaherty. If you didn't like the way Girardi handled the media and you didn't like the way Girardi was personable with his players, how do you think John Flaherty's going to oh. be? The guy's as
1: exciting as a block of wood. If there was one person I couldn't stand more than Girardi, it
0: was John Flaherty. So He's so... like. If you ha- if you're trying to stay up, he does most of the West Coast games. So if you're trying to stay up to watch the game, you it's don't like watching golf. You don't because you're immediately like <sighs> because then he's like Aaron Judge could hit one 912 feet, and he's like Judge home run right field. He's <laughs> like awful. never changes his his tone in his he's voice. Awful. So imagine I took out Tanaka. That was my decision. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't be excited for him. I'll tell you what, I'd be on board with Cone if the Yankees were serious. The more
0: and more I hear about Cone's name, the more and more I think I like it. A
1: couple weeks ago, or whenever it was when we brought up Cone, we were like, please know this analytical BS. But more and more came out that the Yankees are going to be controlling this show no matter what. Um, I wouldn't mind Coney
0: representing the team. No, because Cone seems like a fun guy. Not that you want uh, Uncle Fun Time to be your manager, but he seems like a fun guy. So if you're gonna have the analytics, like if that's gonna be the overriding factor in the manager, why not have a guy that's fun? Have him around. Maybe you know, whenever Coney, <laughs> I
1: remember uh, Michael Cave was telling Cone that Bruce Springsteen always reminds him of of him because after Coney threw his perfect game. Kay went to the Springsteen concert after, and then Cone, and then Kay goes to Cone. What'd you do after that game that night? And he goes, he goes, you do not want to know. <laughs> Coney looks like he shows up to the stadium on an hour of sleep, and like he had a
0: crazy night. Maybe that's what the Yankees are worried about—that <laughs> he's going on like. I'm not accusing him. I'm just saying maybe he's like out on an all night coke bender. <laughs> And he's showing up to manage game seven of the ALCS. Like, yeah, guys, uh, I'm batting Judge. D- I'm batting him 10th today. Cohen, there's only nine spots in the lineup. Don't argue with me. I right, got something on my nose. I'm not accusing him, just saying. Yeah. I don't want to
1: get. Now we have David Cohen as a coke addict. <laughs> uh,
0: so, can we get into this? Why, well, you don't want to talk about Aaron Boone as potential no, manager? Anymore? I really
1: don't. I really don't. Yankees should make this a reality show. They should show all the interviews. I'd love to hear. I
0: want to quote the person correctly. It's one of her buddies on Twitter, but I'm pretty sure that it was Chris Corelli that said it, that there was 20-something people that the Yankees had as potential candidates, which just goes to show they didn't care who the manager was in 2018 just as long as it wasn't Joe Girardi. That was what I think Corelli said. And I kind of have to agree with it, because you would think the Yankees would have some type of better plan in place if they're replacing their manager.
1: Yeah. I mean
0: I mean we're digging up Aaron Boone here. It
1: makes you it makes you really question when the Yankees knew that Joe's time was up. I mean, what if they won the World Series? Is Joe the manager next year? Yes.
0: Absolutely. You can't I mean so how So they gonna- were
1: pretty much like all or nothing
0: on Joe. At some point they were like,
1: unless he wins the World Series, he's gone.
0: Joe had to win one of two games to be the manager of this team, and he didn't win either one. Do you of think them. if he won the pennant? Yes, I don't, because from what I read and from people that would know this type of stuff, that the Yankees would have kept him if he would have made it to the World Series. All right. So Joe had to win one of two games to save his job, and they didn't win him. So that's...
1: and and you know what? We'll just say this real quick. It's a shame that it came to that because, you know, the Yankees were pretty incredible this postseason for what they did. So it's a little bittersweet. I I'm still getting over the fact that he's not gonna be the manager after what they did this did year. Did you
0: see did you hear his goodbye interview with Francesa? No. Did we talk about that last week? No. I caught bits and pieces of it because I was running some errands at the time so I was in and out of the car. He really laid the blame at the foot of the Yankees that said that he you know he said he wanted to be back. This was his you know, he says every year, even when he's got a contract, he says the same thing. I'm talk to my wife. I talk to my kids.
1: Yeah, I I I read some of that, but you know, I think Joe knew what he had to do to come back. I think deep down he knew it was going to take a lot.
0: He and I mean, really, aside from winning Game Six or Seven, he he did a lot this year. So yeah. All right, so. That's little manager talk here. I mean, I'm sure they'll dig up uh, Billy Martin and interview him, but yeah, no. That's what that's, my dad said. <laughs> you think Billy Martin be an analytics guy? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that would work out too well. All right. So. I right, Can I just say some one last thing before we go to the bums? Yes. And we were joking about this before, even though uh, the corner's empty over there today, that I that guy right thought I was being serious about this, but... I don't know. You think when it's all said and done, the Yankees interview 912 people and they just call Joe up and say, Hey, Joe, what are you doing in February?
1: Do you think that could ever happen? No. I mean, these guys have to really botch these interviews for them to go through 26 guys and be like, yeah, we made a mistake. Never.
0: All right. So let's start, man. All right. This was your baby. This is what you wanted to do. So I thought... Bummers. That's my name. I it. it is. It. It's a good name. But, so, I mean, I I like this idea. It's good for a couple shows for off season when there's not much to talk about. Yeah, so it's fun. It's fun. We're
1: gonna field the worst possible Yankee team since the Tory era. Yes. <laughs> so first up, we're gonna go with first baseman. And this was a little more difficult than I thought it was gonna be. Again, because the numbers aren't terrible. But for first baseman, I feel like we just went through so many to try and find some guy that could fill in void, a void here and there, catch some lightning in a bottle, and the Yankees just never did.
0: All right, well, you think about it. Through Torrey's years, we've had long-term first base solutions. Martinez and Giambi, and then Teixeira. So whenever any of these other guys came in, they were men stop stopgaps because... I was going to say people, but let's be realistic. it was injured. Right. All right. We have a list of eight guys. We're going to take it
1: down to three, and then our Twitter followers are going to vote on who the biggest bum is.
0: Now, don't get angry when you find some guy that was called up from the minors, played two games, and struck you out six times. Because we're trying to find guys that had some some time here at least 30 games. You know, and made some type of
1: impact. All right, so here's our list of eight. Doug Mankiewicz, Lance Berkman, John Helmut Olrood, Lyle Overbay, Richie Sexton, Andy Phillips, who did play some third base also and some second base. He was more of a utility guy, but he did play his majority of his games at first. So we threw him on here. Nick Johnson, who, dis- dis- disclosure here, we're really talking more about his second stint than his first. Because before he got hurt in his first stint, he was actually not a bad player. Correct? Am I right in saying that? Uh, He was, like, kind of exciting.
0: No? He had a lot of hype around him. He never really did anything.
1: And, of course, who I hope... Our followers don't take their most recent emotion and just vote on that, but Chris Carter is going to round out this list, obviously. Um, and if he does win, it's well deserved. But let's start with Doug Mankavich, Okay, seventy-two games as a Yankee, five home runs, twenty-four RBI, two seventy-seven, two seventy-seven batting average. Batting average not terrible. But you want some power from your corner, guys. Five home runs, not a lot. 24 RBI in 72 games, kind of.
0: What year did he, was he here? Does it say? Do you have that information? I don't.
1: I don't really care. I think it was... Minkiewicz was here when?
0: 2012? No. He, no. No, not even close. Was it before Teixeira? Yeah, he was here during, when Torrey was uh, managing. Uh, maybe 2006 then? He was a Yankee in two
1: thousand seven, okay, so uh he's probably lower on my list right now because the two seventy seven batting average isn't terrible. Lance Berkman, someone we've talked about, just the idea of Lance Berkman was such a demoralizing. As a fan, you just never took to the guy. He really didn't play a solid first base for us. He was only here 37 games. But when you think about Lance Berkman, it felt like he was here for a whole season. That's how much of an impact, a negative impact he made, I think. 37 games, only one home run, right? Lance Berkman, your first baseman, one home run, nine RBI, and a .255 batting average. And like I said, on top of that, his defense was subpar. So... Berkman's definitely up there, on our list. Do you do you concur? Lance Berkman. Yeah, because he's one of the guys that stood out when we when we thought about this idea.
0: He just he yeah you know did he, I just want to see something if he played after his Yankee run or his stint here? I think he did. Didn't he go back to Houston for a year? He went to St. Louis for two years and then Texas for oh
1: Texas. I'm thinking. So he was a bum. I'm keeping him up there, John Olerud.
0: one wow. I am w- sorry. I was uh, I was w- reading something. One he, home run. One home run in 37. Oh my goodness. He's he could be a finalist, John Olerud, Who kind of
1: unfair? He was really at the back end of his. He was almost extending his career at this point.
0: I don't even you know, I know he was a Yankee but I can't even I can't even remember a thing about John O'Rourke as a Yankee. Well, he played
1: f- he played 49 games, four ho- he hit four home runs, 26 RBI, which isn't bad, and he had a 280 batting average.
0: No, it was on a 2014 man.
1: So, 26 RBI in 49 games, 280 batting average. Again, Yankees aren't getting a lot of power out of this position, which is what you want. But Olerud's kind of in a Mankiewicz category for me, um, where I don't think he's
0: going to make our final three. No, because these guys were back. They were here to be backups to Giambi. They really weren't here to carry a load. Here's someone I think will.
1: Lyle Overbay.
0: He, yeah, he... More
1: substantial playing time. 142 games, which we were both shocked about. Um, 14 home runs. Awful. Because you you have to imagine. It's not terrible.
0: But you have to imagine
1: something. 142 games, you're really, you're the first baseman at that point. You know? Not many guys are playing close to 162 games, especially these guys on the corners. Um, So, 142 games. He's your main first baseman here. He only hit 14 home runs that year. 59 RBI, which, hmm. And 240 batting average.
0: Yeah, he was here in 2013 when Teixeira played fifteen games that year. So,
1: you know, two forty batting average with only fourteen home runs. Not not really producing he was, much.
0: Yeah, he's he was never a big power guy though, Lyle over Bay. I do remember he had a he had a string there where he had a few big hits for the team when they were trying to stay afloat in the wild yeah. card race. He had a few big hits. He you know so, Here's he a
1: guy here's a guy that I think is a fan favorite as a bum. Richie Sexton, another guy who really didn't have a lot of substantial playing time here, but we had to put him on because he's just a guy that you think Richie Sexton and you think miserable, miserable memories of. 22 games, only one home run, 6 RBI, and a two fifty batting average.
0: Richie Sexton, if I'm not mistaken, they picked him up on waivers or they traded like, a bag of uh, rosin for him or something, <laughs> uh, and he didn't—he didn't last very long. No,
1: he did not. Um, he could make the final list. The 22 games is hurting him because I don't know if that's enough playing time to say he's one of the biggest bums to ever play at first base. We're gonna go into Andy Phillips. That was the end of his career after he left the Yankees. Really? Yeah, I didn't know that. We're going to go into Andy Phillips. He played for the Yankees for four years. Now, I'm going to say something. As much as I hate you, I'll compliment you in a sense that your memory is very good. Especially with the Yankees. Mm-hmm. And when I brought up Andy Phillips,
0: you couldn't even put a face to his name. I Honestly, I had no... I, I mean, I knew of him. I've heard the name... Ban- uh, around, but I can't... Like, if you name a guy from the Yankees, I can probably give you a memory especially in the tory girardi years i can give you a memory i have of him i have nothing for so andy phillips when i say
1: andy phillips when i first said andy phillips how many years do you think he played for the yankees off the top of your head at that point how many games
0: i knew i probably would figure that maybe a year or
1: two right he played four years for the yankees 203 games over that span he hit 11 home runs, had 60 RBI, and batted 253. 11 home runs over 203 games. If you're only going to hit 11 home runs at first base, like I said, majority of his games were at first base, then you better be hitting 300.
0: Andy Phillips. I feel like it. Did he come up with the Yankees? Yeah. Yeah, he did. Yeah. I don't know. This, was, he, this was at a time when the Yankees had nothing in the farm system. So right. maybe this kid had – this was just a kid that they had that they were trying to get Again, something. Again,
1: Andy Phillips. I don't know if he's going to make the final three because he wasn't all first base. He did He did play second. He played third. Um, But those numbers are And pretty, I don't even
0: remember him having any hype around him, like saying, oh, Andy Phillips. I kind of do. To
1: be honest, he came up, and I think it, I think it was more of a hype that we really weren't seeing too many kids come up from the farm system at that point. Uh, usually, when the Yankees were trying to fill a void, they were going out and grabbing guys.
0: I mean, he played a lot in two thousand six. That's when he played one hundred and ten games, and he had seven home runs and twenty nine RBIs. Is his best? Uh, yep, that was his best year. What he hit? What was his average? Two, that was a two forty. He was a two forty hitter that year.
1: Hmm. All right, Nick Johnson, four years also, two stints with the Yankees. I don't even know why they brought him back the second time. Two hundred and seventy two games. I cannot believe over two hundred and seventy two games, Nick Johnson only hit thirty three home runs, a hundred and twenty one RBI. And batted
0: 249 as a Yankee. That's atrocious. I mean, after the Yankees, I think the Yankees traded him. Yeah, I think I'm pretty, almost positive he was part he of the. He went to the Nationals. Oh, well, it was the Montreal Expos at Whatever. the time. He, I'm pretty sure he was part of the Javier Vasquez deal. No, was Javier? Yeah, right? Vasquez was in Montreal. That's where they got him from. Uh, I guess. Wasn't he on the White Sox for a while? That's He might have
1: shifted there. I think they got him the second time from the White Sox.
0: No, they got him the second time from the Braves. So you
1: know what? Looking at this, I think Nick Johnson's going to make my final three.
0: He's making mine only because, I mean, 2002 he had a decent season. He batted 243 with 15 home runs and 58 uh, runs batted in in 129 games. That was his best year as a Yankee. But what sticks out in my mind was that they, he was he was a guy that I remember had a lot of hype around him. He that did, he, and he never really panned out. He had a couple decent seasons in Washington, but he was always injured. Like 2010, he came back and he played 24 games. I I'm, sh- I'm shocked he even played that many games in 2010 because he was just hurt all the time. He was a guy that was hurt all the time, and he just that's why when I said. When we were going through this stuff with Bird, is he just another Nick Johnson? Because Nick Johnson's a guy that had some some hype around him and he just never stayed on the field.
1: Yeah. Um and then lastly, Chris Carter, who Christian mentioned before we started recording, had a
0: negative seven war well, it's this year. Point seven. Whatever. Um, but still, Dave you have a, if if you have a negative war, it means that you can stick a pillow cushion out at your position and would, your team would win more games. The Yankees
1: that. would have won more games with a cardboard cutout of Chris Carter than if he were actually on the field. Uh sixty-two games as a Yankee, eight home runs, twenty-six runs batted in, and a whopping two oh one batting average just over the Mendoza line.
0: Alright, here's why. That's everybody, right? Mm-hmm. All right, I'm gonna name my three. Here's why Carter's going on. Number one, he was here as an insurance policy to for Bird because we didn't know if Bird could handle. It. This was before Bird started getting injured. He was here as an insurance policy, but it was a good it was a good move because if he wasn't gonna play first base, he could DH. He led the National League in home runs. In uh 2016, right? and if
1: you're gonna lead the National League in home runs, and you're coming to New York,
0: you're expected to hit a lot of home runs. So you figured in a guy that might get 300 plate appearances, he could hit 15, 20 home runs. You knew he wasn't gonna be a big batting average guy. You knew he wasn't gonna. Uh, you knew he was a big strikeout guy, but he was just watching him, and then he got his run when Bird went on the DL. He got his run to be the everyday first baseman. And it was just, he hadn't, it was just all, just, just, I couldn't watch him. was all him. or, just or couldn't nothing watch guy.
1: Him. And it was more. He, listen, when he made contact, he hit the crap out of the ball.
0: And effortlessly too. That's what, that was what crazy about him is that he would never use his, lo- the lower half of his body when he swung. It was just like swinging with his <laughs> arms and that's it. But that he was so strong that he could hit the ball 400 feet doing right. that. The problem was. He did that once every eighty-seven times. He was up at right. the plate, so, so
1: he, awful. I and then you can attribute two things possibly to Chris Carter. One, CC Sabathia's injury. He prolonged that inning. I'm not. I saying, didn't watch that game. I'm not saying it was CeCe, late,
0: but you are the one that is. Listen, is I'm saying not that.
1: saying CC doesn't get hurt the next inning. Who knows? But Carter drops a ball that was thrown right to his mitt. CC has to prolong his inning. He gets hurt. And then that's when the Yankees went on that slide on the West Coast. So you can attribute that to Chris Carter. I like to. And can you attribute Joe Girardi not coming back on him? Because apparently, a lot of the riffraff between Joe Girardi and Cashman came when. Joe Girardi spoke his mind and said he believed there was better options out there for first base. And Cashman continued to say, no, we're going to stick Chris Carter out there. And Joe
0: wasn't happy about it. So? So if Chris Carter is the reason that Joe Girardi got let go, then, you know, (laughs) he deserves his spot on this list. All right. Carter is a definite for me. Yes.
1: Who's your Who's your two? Because I think we're going to agree on all three, and Nick then we Johnson. can wrap up. I'm going to throw Nick Johnson on there also, because because of his substantial time with the Yankees, and I'm just shocked at. I mean, I thought Nick Johnson was a 300 hitter. No, he was
0: supposed to be a 300. I hitter. know,
1: and to only have 33 home runs over 272 games as a first baseman slash DH
0: awful Nick Johnson's on my list yeah absolutely Uh, he is he was a career 268 hitter so that's in all uh 10 stops or 10 years in the major leagues like we said he was supposed to be a 300 hitter yeah I mean that's all you heard about the guy oh he's a great hitter I remember I just remember that he was he was supposed to be the guy like uh, to come up and think that even at one point they were saying push Giambi to be a, a DH.
1: But. Yeah. And who's your number three? Berkey it, Burke?
0: Yeah. Uh, you know what? I'm going to put Lance Berkman on my list.
1: I am. I think it's well deserving. I think uh, if people go back and really
0: dissect his time it wasn't that year... Yeah, I mean, uh, he didn't play here long, but... Just the feeling you had when he was... Because you know what?
1: I know he was past his prime, but you still expected more from Lance Berkman playing in New York. One home run. One. Do you have his stats up right now? Yes. How many at-bats did he have that year?
0: Uh.
1: As a Yankee, he had 106 at bats. 106 at bats, and he hit one home run. He was a lefty hitter, correct? Switch, Switch hitter. Yeah. So, I mean, that's poor. That's poor.
0: The Yankees got him from Houston, who I knew that, and he was having a decent year there. Yeah, when they made the trade, he was uh, he had 13 home runs, 49 runs batted in. You know, in the eighty-five games, so he's having a decent year. So, I mean, you, I mean, you know, you you expound that he's probably hitting. You know, you figure that's like a twenty-eight ninety type season, yeah. And he hit one home run. So we're gonna go. Well, let's also say this
1: about Berkman before we wrap up. Berkman came here, like you said, he was having a good year. He was here to fill some big shoes in Mark Teixeira and you had some confidence that he would do it a lot
0: better than how he did. All right, and here's what's really going to aggravate you about Lance Berkman cuz then in the offseason he signed a 2-year deal with St. Louis and then he followed that by hitting 301 31 home runs, 94 runs batted in and he finished in the top 7 in MVP voting in 2011. <laughs> so There you go. So he wasn't at the end of his career. No, he, he wasn't. He sucked. He was just... Bum! Tough. And like I, I said earlier, you just... When Teixeira got hurt and Berkman was going to play the remainder of the season at first base, you knew the Yankees were done. You just It was just something you felt in your bones. At least I did.
1: Yeah, I did too. So, the final three for the first base position of the Bronx Bummers. Lance
0: Berkman... Nick Johnson and Chris Carter. All right, gun to your head. Knowing how our fans like to vote. Not even close. It's going to be Carter. I think 80% plus
1: go Chris Carter.
0: If we were doing this ourselves and not involving the fans in it, I would give the number one spot to Nick Johnson. Just because of his substantial time here and...
1: The hype around him. And the hype around him. Yes. And the
0: fact that they brought him back again.
1: I wouldn't disagree with it, but, oh my God, Chris Carter, man. Chris Carter would be my pick. That guy was awful. He came here as the leading home run hitter in the National League. I would be more inclined... Think to about put,
0: the guys in the National League. I would be more inclined to put Lance Berkman above Chris Carter. Wow. You want to know why? Because the Yankees actually went out midseason to trade for this guy because they felt uh. he would be a positive reinforcement for this team. Uh. You know, you sign a guy in the offseason, he might play, he might not play, and then he ends up getting playing time in the in the season, stuff happens, right? But when you go out mid-season because you need to fill a hole and this is the guy that you you specifically target and get and he doesn't do anything, that's more of a bum to me. All right. And the fact that he hit 31 home runs the following year and it was a top-seven MVP candidate in the National League the following year just showed that either he didn't like playing in New York or he didn't like playing in New York. I mean, what else? I mean, what else? Listen,
1: we encourage our followers to... Really look into this a little bit, and don't just don't just vote off of your gut. Because we know everyone right now hates Chris Carter more than anyone. But take a little time, look into it a little bit. If you
0: want to vote Chris Carter, vote Chris
1: Carter. I'm I mean, voting we're, Chris we're, Carter. We're,
0: I, we're I, not gonna.
1: I'm I'll not, tell you right now. You and
0: I, I mean we're not gonna fight over it. But I'm not vote. If I'm gonna vote from my personal account, but I'm not. So vo- I'm, vo- a- I'm not voting for Chris, Chris
1: Carter. Carter.
0: And real quick, we have to
1: wrap up, but speaking of National League home run hitters, Giancarlo Stanton, Derek Jeter,
0: seems like the captain's going to move is taking
1: a dagger <laughs> and trying to move him. And the leading candidate is the Boston Red Sox or the Phillies. But Which- I have a very weird feeling it's going to be the, the Red Sox.
0: And so be it.
1: And so be it. <laughs> I mean, it would be a dick move on Jeter. <laughs> Does Jeter get booed if he trades him to Boston and then makes an appearance at Yankee 20 Stadium? 20 home runs against the Yankees in 2018? <laughs> Does Jeter get booed his next appearance at the stadium? When would that
0: be? Can the Marlins owner show up at Yankee Stadium whenever he wants to? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, know. he's Derek Jeter, but still. Yeah, dude, is know, there some man. type of like law against that? Like a Major League violation I don't know. know. Hal uh, just can't show up at Fenway Park when he wants to, right? Just roam around? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> hey, look, man i'm I'm sure there's some fans that are out there going to be like, "Oh, well, Derek Jeter's really a Yankee, so he can't do anything that would hurt the Yankees." He owns the Marlins now, so if it's in the best interest of his ball club to trade Stanton to the Sox, so be it. What, a, you know? But when the Boston Red Sox have no no farm system whatsoever, because I don't even know how they have the pieces to pull off this move after they trade. They're gonna have
1: to give up a big major league guy for him.
0: I mean, they traded their top prospects to get Chris Sale, so you know whatever guys are left, they're gonna have to give up to. Uh, they're gonna have to tra- think about it real quick. I mean, we don't want to break down Boston baseball too much, but let's just let's just talk think about it real quick. Right now, they got the the three Bs out in the outfield: Benintendi, Bogarts. No, not Benintendi. No, yeah. not Bogarts, ben Bradley, Tendi, Ben, Tendy, and Betts. And Betts. You figured they'd have to trade one of those guys.
1: Which would be tough.
0: I'll tell you what. Just
1: think. Just putting myself in the shoes of Marlins ownership. It's not just Jeter. If I'm gonna give up Stanton, you need whatever package. Yeah. Whatever package I'm getting back, Ben and is included in it agree are, are you tr- yeah i would i mean if i'm the miami Marlins, that's what i would want because if- out of all those guys ben intendi i'm telling you he's right done. now with full confidence he is going to be a superstar superstar baseball player you build a team around ben
0: intendi he's really good i don't know if you i would build a team around him why i just don't think he's got i yet. think he's got everything he's not aaron judge no one's Aaron Judge. I mean, you build a team around Aaron Judge. <laughs> no I don't one know hits 500-foot home runs. Andrew Benatendi's great. He would be the rookie of the year this year if it wasn't for Aaron Judge. He's
1: going to be a superstar.
0: Good for him. But... Yeah.
1: He's going to be a guy that you respect and love as a baseball player, but as a Yankee fan, you hate his I guts. I really hate him. Yeah. Because he killed the so Yankees this year. So there you go. So unless
0: the other option is, is Stanton going to be a DH. I mean, but...
1: If that's what the Marlins want, do you give up Ben for Stanton? I don't. You want to know why? Why? I think Stanton is too much of a liability. That's like saying, would
0: you trade Aaron Judge for John Carl Stanton? No. Because Stanton, I mean, uh, Judge and Ben are at the same level of their career right now. They're both rookies, they both had sensational rookie seasons. I mean, Judge is an MVP candidate, and while Ben not, so maybe. But would.
1: I just think I just think if I'm in the Red Sox position, right, you gotta make some move because this year in the postseason was a bust, and you kind of gotta you gotta break down why there's no reason that the Red Sox should have lost that series the way they did and then the Yankees came in and put up more of a fight than the Red Sox could have because all in all. I think the Red Sox and the Yankees were very evenly matched.
0: The Yankees had bigger fear factors in their lineup, though. There were guys that you, as great as Boston's lineup is, you didn't fear any one guy in that lineup, though. You know, like I'm saying, like without, or, without Ortiz, you didn't have a fear of like, oh, this guy's going to come in and kill us right I now. agree.
1: And correct me if I'm wrong, but Hanley Ramirez is supposed to kind of be that guy, and he wasn't this year.
0: He's just I mean could you imagine if we did BST Sports Talk <laughs> or BR I guess we we call it BRS BRS Sports Talk and you know, we had to talk about Hanley Ramirez. Mm. He would not be a favorite of this show.
1: If not for Hanley Ramirez the Yankees potentially come back and win the division last year in 2016. No one no one remembers how close they got until Batanzas blew it in the end of the year. We
0: just yeah, but I mean team was dead in the water. Yeah. I mean they were just they were doing more than they should have, but all right.
1: All right folks, we got Lance Berkman, Nick Johnson and Chris Carter. Have fun with this. Think think into it, vote wisely.
0: So after uh we we'll do When do you want to post the poll? How You want to give them a day to listen to the podcast? I'm going to
1: give everyone a day to listen.
0: So Tuesday morning. I'm going to
1: post it Tuesday morning around 10 o'clock. And I'm going to let the poll go until Saturday. All right. I'm going to keep retweeting it. I'll pin it to the page. Uh, We're going to try and get as many votes as we
0: possibly can. All right. So there you go. That was the first round of the uh, Bronx Bummers team. We did the first baseman today. Uh, second baseman will be next, right? Yes. So when it might be next week, unless probably will be next week, unless the Yankees hire a manager, Yeah, <laughs> but we doubt that, uh, just real quick before we do go little, little trade rumor going around little, little Joe panic for Starlin Castro.
1: I'll do it. All right. I'll sign up all day. I,
0: I don't know if it's a rumor exactly, but Joe, Joe Sherman of the post wrote about it. Yankees would probably have to chip in a Tyler Austin type to do well, it. Well, it's
1: been confirmed that the Yankees are talking to San Francisco. But, right? Yeah, they have been in contact but with each other. the real news is that the Yankees are trying to dish out Ellsbury. For Jeff Samarja. But here's the kicker. From what I take from it, the Giants are saying, yeah, we'll take Ellsbury. You could have Samarja. But guess what? You're giving us Clint Frazier if we're going to take this contract of Ellsbury. And you're probably still going to have to pay some of Ellsbury's contract. If it's so just it a straight-up swap,
0: I, I wouldn't even... I'd, oh I'd God. sign the paperboard out blindly, but, you yeah. know. I'm That's, not giving up Clint Frazier for Jeff Samarja. No. It's, even if it meant getting rid of Jacob no way. Ellsbury. Unless Estevan Florial is, like, that close to being... A- Sounds like he is, man. Him and Justice Sheffield are to talk of the Arizona Foley right I love now. it. So, All right. So there you go. That's episode 16. I'm not going to go through the list of places that you can find us because I screw it up every time. But basically, if you can listen to a podcast, you can listen to us there. Just uh, search NYY Sports Talk. We'll pop up. Download and subscribe. Uh, once again, follow us at NYY Sports Talk. And we're trying to keep you guys entertained and... and, and uh, interacting and all that other good stuff while during the offseason so you know when i post polls like who the best pro wrestler to be a manager is don't get angry it's fun it's supposed so, to be fun
1: someone tweeted like is this serious i wanted to tweet back and be like uh no it's not
0: like we're just trying to have some fun like it's to keep you guys engaged during the offseason we, we want we don't want to be the people that are there April through October. And then you don't hear from us again for three months. So, you know, we're trying to, it's not good for us. It's not good for you. It's just fun. Like, did anybody really think we were going to find Jose Altuve and, and lock him in a saw trap? No, it was just the movie (laughs) came out. We're trying to have a little fun. Just like they did the thing for Ric Flair on ESPN. Then Yankees are looking for a manager. Just trying to have fun guys. So, you know, lightheartedness, you know, Chris and I don't take things too seriously. Unless it's the New York Yankees. But, you know, we try to like to have a little fun on the Twitter. So, you know, just keep an open mind when it comes to stuff like that. No, we really don't want The Rock to be the manager. As awesome as that would be, we really don't want it to happen. Okay? So, all right. Thank you for listening again uh, at NYY Sports Talk. Search us anywhere you can listen to a podcast. NYY Sports Talk. Rate, comment, share, subscribe. The whole good thing. And Chris, say goodbye. Hey!